Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. In this, you know, modern era, we are just, there's so many distractions. You pick up your phone to do one thing and the next minute you're scrolling through Facebook for 20 minutes and you haven't even done the thing you went to do. So I think distractions are a huge part of our society at the moment um so if you don't have that you know that purpose that goal that vision whatever it is then I think it's easier to just get distracted and float through life and go this way and then go that way and find that you're not doing the things you want to do or you're not achieving you know the things you want to achieve I hear so many people say I'm living this life but I don't want to live it like it's not what I had planned for so how did you get there and how do you get out of it you know you need to have a vision or you need to have something clear in your mind that you want to achieve so that you can get yourself out of it. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hi, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. I'm really excited to bring to you an extraordinary conversation this week someone who I think you're going to really find touches your heart and soul in a way like no other. The beautiful Fiona Crawley, she actually played on the Australian hockey team, the Hockeroos, for six years. She was selected for the Beijing Olympics, but sadly was injured in a practice match in Beijing days before the Olympic Games started. This meant she missed out on playing at the Olympics, and I'm sure you can appreciate how she tried to recover from the emotional and physical disappointment But however, she did return to the team and ended up winning a gold medal at the 2010 Commonwealth Games. After retiring from hockey, Fiona took up endurance events. She's completed in three Ironman triathlons, multiple 100K ultramarathons, and she's even done a 100-mile ultramarathon. In 2019, Fiona and her beautiful young family sold all their possessions and live full-time in a bus traveling around Australia, and they've been doing that for the past 18 months. And I think when you listen to this interview, you'll get to see not only that incredible athletic mindset that she has, the amazing ability to overcome unbelievable disappointment, but also, you know, the adverse times that she's faced, but then how she keeps showing up. And I know that whether you're an athlete or not, you're going to love her, the metaphors in this and the conversation where it'll take you down your own life's pathway. What is your meaning? What's your focus? What's your purpose? I particularly love Fiona for her 
insatiable appetite to continuously learn and evolve and grow. I'm proud to have her in my self-love and wellness mentorship group. She has completed my health and lifestyle education program. She's been a part of my journey for a number of years. And that's why I thought it was really timely to share with you how much of an impact she's even had on our lives, her family's lives, and the people that have got to meet her. Lock yourself in. You're going to love this podcast. Welcome and enjoy. So as you can tell by the intro, beautiful Fiona Crawley, it is an absolute honor and privilege for me to have you on the Self Love Podcast. I know you're sitting in your bus somewhere out there in the middle of the Gold Coast. I think it's extraordinary what you're doing. But before we get into your story, I just want to say welcome and what a privilege it is to have you on the show. Thank you. It is such an honor to be on your show, Um, something I probably dreamed of. Um, I've been I guess, doing things with you for the last couple of years. So yeah, it's a big honor for me as well. Thank you. Oh, sweetheart. Well, you know, you're a little bit of a dark horse, I have to say. When I asked for your bio, here I am. I've been in your life for a number of years, you and mine. And there's a number of things I didn't know about you. Before we go into all of the big stuff, how about you give us a little intro just so that people get an idea as to who you are and how we've ended up being here together today? Yeah, certainly. Um, So I grew up in Sydney, um, but I moved to Perth when I was 22, I think, um, to play hockey for Australia. Uh, The team was based over there, so I moved to Perth. And um, I guess I can go into that more later um, about my hockey career, but I um, I ended up working at a chiropractic clinic and I went to a um, conference and I heard you speak there. And uh, that's how I came across you. And I just fell in love with you straight away. Um, I also had done some ultra running, so I think... uh, I connected with you on that front, hearing your story. And um, yeah, and then that proceeded to take me um, to do your HLE course, which I loved. Um, And now I'm part of your, um, I guess, self-care group as well. It's a privilege to have someone like you in the group. As we know, there's no accidents when people come together or when you happen to be at a conference or you happen to hear a podcast or someone speak. And there's just that little inner flutter, that connection, that that kind of, um, oh, she, I like that person. They think how I think. And I'd like to ask you also, alongside of the chiropractic conference and a number of different things, um, you know, has there been other people that you've heard that you've actually been really lit up by and it's led you all into this holistic health field? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's been a journey. So we started um, probably through chiropractic. I came across Tyler Tolman. Um, and Don Tolman and I kind of started going down the holistic approach through there and then Dr. D. Martini as well um, followed him and then came across you and then ran into Cindy O'Meara and Karen Smith Um, so it's just been a whole um, I guess journey of meeting new people and just uh, I guess I have a big desire to learn I'm always wanting to learn new things and just improve myself and and the way I can live my life according to how I think it's right for me. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? What's right for you? And it's Mm. been an interesting year and it's been an interesting time for humans on this planet in this time and age. But you're doing something quite remarkable as well. And I do want to go back to your hockey career. But just at the beginning, I said that you were sitting in your bus on the Gold Coast. Just explain to everyone what you've been doing and how you and your family have been experiencing this past year. Yeah, so in 2019, um, my husband and I decided that we would uh, sell everything we owned. Um, So we packed everything up. We bought a little bus. Um, 
my husband gutted it out and he built it all for us. I've got two young children. So when we left, I had a four-month-old and a two-year-old. Um, so we've hit the road and we've been on the road for 18 months now. We just live out of our little bus and we travel around Australia and it's just the most beautiful thing. Um, for us, it was all about simplifying life, just cutting it back to what was really important. My husband had actually um, been working away in the mines up in Perth, so he missed a lot of my um, boys' first few years. Um, and when we fell pregnant with our second child, we just decided that we didn't want that to happen. So we made the decision um, and we just saved really hard and we have no regrets. It has been such a wonderful journey. Um, we definitely have moments in the bus of stress with everyone living close together. Um, but overall, it's the most wonderful experience just being present for the children and just having them and having our attention every day. I think that's what our whole goal was for this trip. And we're definitely um, seeing that come to life. And how long do you imagine being on the road for? Or is this just a never-ending, open-ended scenario? Yeah, we have no time frame. We, um, we just are going with the flow. Um, we've actually, we had a house in Perth, but we've just put that on the market. So um, yeah, we're really open-ended to where we'll end up. Um, I think it'll be on the East Coast. But um, yeah, we're just, at the moment, we have no time frame. We're really loving doing what we're doing. The kids are at such a great age um, to do it. And yeah, we'll just see where life takes us and what opportunities um, open up. Some people would say it would be a nightmare to be in such close proximity of everyone day in, day out. Talk to me about, first of all, the age of your boys. How old are they? Um, so I've got a four-year-old boy and a nearly two-year-old girl. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, of course. What am I saying? Of course. That beautiful little poppet. I love the pictures on Instagram. I love seeing what you guys are doing. And I think journey, you know, documenting the journey is also really insightful for those of us. You know, there could be people listening to this fee that are getting really excited at the thought that it is actually possible. Um, some, as I said just before, may be freaking out at the thought of being in such close proximity of everybody, especially with young children. Tell me what's the winning formula of this? Um, the winning formula, I think, is me and my husband make sure we have time for ourselves each day. Um, so I'm a runner, so I get up early in the morning and I go for a run each morning and that's definitely my time. So whether I listen to nothing, whether I listen to a podcast or something, it's just my time. And then we try to make sure that each of us, you know, gets, I don't know, roughly an hour a day to ourselves. Um, but just, just being flexible, um, I'm quite a, a easygoing person and I guess I quite like um, to take risks and challenges. But, um, yeah, just, just being flexible and allowing the kids to be kids and trying not to get too uptight. The whole idea was to slow down and that's definitely what this trip has done. Um, so we just, we just take our time. We don't travel far. We maybe travel an hour a day, maybe two hours on a big day. So it's just really all about slowing down for us. Um, and just working together as a family, there's definitely arguments and we have moments, but overall it's such a wonderful experience. Are you concerned about the education? You know, some people would say you should be educating your children or they're missing kindy or daycare or whatever. I just have to ask it in case someone's listening to this going, yeah, hang on, hang on. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I'm not worried one bit. They are out in nature every single day. Um, they are learning. We do little things with my four-year-old while Sage is sleeping. Um, so he's he's well on track. I have no concerns at all. Um, I think the lessons that they learn from being out in nature and out in life and I just, I have no concerns at all. I feel like he's well on track. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And there is nothing like the undivided, devoted attention, love and care of a parent that really is committed to the growth and development of their child. And I know we all have different viewpoints on that. And I know for many of us, this is something that would be unbelievably dreamable and and hopeful and something you'd love. And for some people, it wouldn't work, which I totally get. And I know you'd appreciate as well. But what do you think has been the most profound thing that you didn't expect to come from doing this? I think um, when I had Sage, I just never realized um i guess how different two children could be um they are very very different um and and just living with them each day and like you said um them having both my husband and my attention every single day just the lesson i've learned in watching them and having the time to watch them and just be with them and see how different they are it's just really opened my eyes i guess to the world and that we are all so different and it is okay we are all meant to be different like you said, this would be some people's worst nightmare living in a bus with their family. And that's okay. Like it's not for everyone. So I think just seeing them living their little lives and seeing their little personalities come out has probably been the biggest eye opener for me that we are all different and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And what about your husband? Talk to us a little bit about him and how he transitioned from being, a, I am assuming, a FIFO. He was someone that was obviously away a lot. Talk to us a little bit about how he, as the man, the provider, the hunter-gatherer, how he has gone through this process. It, is, it was definitely took him a bit of time to unwind and to get used to, I guess, just relaxing and slowing down. Um, he is the one that looks after the bus. So it is a pretty old bus um, and we've it's been pretty good mechanically, but it's had a few issues. So I think he takes a lot of that stress on as well. But um, just to see him uh, present with the kids and to see him, you know, wake up and have time with the kids, that has been something that we dreamed of because he missed that with our first boy. Um, but, yeah, just, just to see him slow down, I think that was the biggest change and to realise that it's okay um, to not do something every day or it's okay to just, you know, be for the day. You remember, as you know, with Cindy O'Meara and her family, she's talked often about the fact that they travelled around Australia with their three kids in a bus for two years. And some might be asking, how do you provide? Is it, you said at the beginning that you saved really hard. Is How, do, how would someone who's sitting here flirting with the idea, do you think it's important to be able to try and work as you do this? Or do you think it could work better saving for something like this? What's your thoughts there financially? Yeah, I think it probably depends on your skills. Um, we saved really hard because uh, we knew what we wanted to do and our goal was not to work um, for the first year or so and we didn't work for the first year. Um, we don't spend a lot of money in the bus. Like people think you spend a lot of money, but we are completely off the grid um, and we do lots of free camping in like legitimate spots, but we do lots of free camping because we don't need any power or anything like that. Um, and the age of my children, all they want to do is go to the beach or a playground. So it's not like we're spending money on, you know, advent, like activities or things like that every day. But um, we recently went to Cairns and my husband did a bit of work up there. We just based ourselves out of Cairns for three months and he did a bit of work there. But um, yeah, it just depends on your skills. Like we've met people on the road who do work on the road or obviously if you can set something up online, that's, that's ideal. But it, it, the surprising thing that we tell people is it doesn't cost a lot of money. Like it doesn't cost as much money as people think. Um, I make all our food. We have a thermomix in the bus and I make all our food. So there's no expenditures of eating out. 
My husband loves coffee, so he has an espresso coffee machine in the bus. Um, so we're really not um, doing it tough because we have a Thermomix and a, a coffee machine. But, yeah, I think the key is that it doesn't cost as much money as people think when you're just spending time with your family because there's, there's not a whole lot of expenses. There was a Christmas one year that my family, we, my husband and, and Taylor and Jacob, we all went down to Sydney where my brother was living and my mama was over from New Zealand and none of us had a lot of money that Christmas. We were all very lean and we decided our goal was to make it the best holiday we could without spending any money. And it was profound. It, we we had a skateboard and we had little Christmas presents, obviously, from, from Christmas itself, but it was remarkable what we all did. The games we created, the skateboarding we did, the biking, the walking, the hiking, the up in the Blue Mountains. There was so many things. What would you say has been the most amazing event or experience or things that you guys have witnessed or been a part of together? Oh, wow. There's so many. Um, we love the beach. We're a beach family, so we're just at the beach most days. Um, seeing the kids just play in the water. Um, both the kids have pretty much learned to swim now, so that's pretty cool. Um, or just the nature. I just love being out in nature. So we take them on little walks. We have like a backpack hiking things that we can put them in. Um, yeah, just just being in nature and being with the kids is, is the ultimate um, I don't know if there's one experience that jumps out at me, but yeah, we actually have a dog as well. I don't know if I told you that. We have a big dog in our bus as well. He's a um, boxer mastiff and he, we don't, he obviously limits us to go to national parks and things like that, but um, he was part of the family before we left. So we were definitely bringing him with us, uh, but he is actually probably our biggest challenge in the bus. Oh my gosh, what an amazing thing for him. I bet that dog, when he dreamed of coming down to earth, thought, there's the family I want to be with. <laughs> well, he is happy if he is right by our side, like I mean right by our side, so this is the best life for him. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's just beautiful and it sounds so idyllic. But talk to me a little bit more about the challenges. Yeah, I, I don't mean we don't have to go into arguments. I get that every family has its its moments, but even metaphorically, living in a family, what you've learned in the bus as opposed to living in a home, are the, the problems the same or is it different when you take yourself off the grid? Like how does that look from you from a challenging perspective, even even from a relationship point of view, dates, time out, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. So um, we obviously all sleep within arm's reach of each other pretty much. The kids have little bunks, um, but Sage, our little girl, she wakes up super early. So the challenge with her is to try and keep her quiet so her brother can sleep in because he likes to sleep in a bit longer. Um, so one of us normally ends up taking her out of the house. But um, I think it comes back to just making sure that we've had that time to ourselves, um, to support ourselves, to get ourselves right so that we're a better, better person for the rest of the family. Um, so some of the challenges are just being in a small space, um, especially if it's raining outside. We have a table and chairs um, so we can do drawing and things like that. But, you know, just being on top of each other. And I think that's what my husband struggles with the most. He um, gets a bit claustrophobic and wants everyone off him and not touching him. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, driving. The kids actually don't love driving. Um, so that is a bit of a challenge because obviously we live on the road, so we drive a bit. Um, so just entertaining them and finding different things to entertain them with. Um, we're not big on screen time, so we actually rarely give them something to watch while we drive. So just getting creative and um, and making, you know, games up or things up for them to do while we're driving. And I guess the other big one is the toilet. We do have a toilet in the bus, 
Um, and both the kids are toilet trained now. We just um, toilet trained Sage. So, you know, as soon as they need to go, finding somewhere to quickly stop and find a toilet for them, that's probably the other biggest challenge. You know, everything you're saying, in my humble opinion, driving, being in each other's space, even the toilet, I'm sure, <laughs> it can be the same challenges in a home. Um, there's there's no difference really except that you guys are bound by this. But we could say the same challenges occur for parents where they feel like their kids are on top of them all the time or demanding of them or that parenthood is demanding. We also know that sometimes life does get full on and busy or it's mundane or it's just the everyday. You're suggesting to me that if we each day could take a moment to get outside and be in nature, it sounds to me like that's one of the most healing, most profound things we can do for ourselves and our family. A hundred percent, I agree. It can be um, the same as when you're living in a house. You know, you can feel like you're on top of each other. And even just stepping out the backyard while everyone's going crazy and putting your feet on some grass, taking some breaths, you become a better person. You become a better version of yourself. And that's what I found, I think, it, when um, my husband was working away. I found that when I had um, Lincoln, I would have to go out and just have a few breaths if, if, I, if it was all getting too much for me. Um, so in the bus, it's definitely something we do as well. I, th- I love it because I think it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. It's not about the circumstances. It's how we actually re- react to it or how we actually work with it. Talk to me then a little bit about your version of your own self-worth. As we mentioned at the very beginning of this, you at the age of 22 moved to WA to play hockey for Australia. Tell us a little bit about that story. Were you always into hockey at school? Was it something that you just naturally were good at? Was it something you worked hard at? Did you ever see yourself at the Olympics or Commonwealth Games? Yeah, so I started playing hockey when I was... I think about 10, my mum had played, she grew up in the country, so she had played and she wanted us to play hockey. I really wanted to play netball actually because all my friends played netball. (laughs) Anyways, I'm quite glad mum got me into hockey now. And um, yeah, I guess it was something I was just naturally good at through the ages. I just would make representative teams um, and then New South Wales. And then, yeah, at the age of, uh, I think it was actually on my 22nd birthday, I made the um, national team, which was amazing. And then, yeah, I moved to Perth and it's quite a full-on environment over there because you leave your home environment and you go over there and it's everything, you know, that's all you know is the hockey team, the hockey field. Um, So it can be quite, I guess, insular over there and it's obviously a competitive environment. So I kind of had to learn to negotiate that um, and find a little bit of an outlet maybe outside of hockey so I could get some balance. But, yeah, I spent um, the better half of six years training very, very hard. Um, I was actually kind of always on the edge of the team. I was never, you know, in the top 16. I often missed out on selections, um, which is hard to deal with. And they'd be like, keep training, you know, you're doing really well. And I was always a good trainer. I had a great attitude, which I think helped. But um, sometimes, you know, it's disappointing when you miss out on a big selection for a tournament. And then the Olympic team got named and um, and my we got an email sent out um, and I read the email and my name was in it and I was like, oh, my goodness, like I didn't, you know, obviously I hoped to be in the team but I actually didn't really expect to be in the team because I'd missed selection for a major tournament just before. So it was this whirlwind of emotions like, oh, my goodness, like I'm going to go to the Olympics and then my um, my mum was coming over and my dad and his wife Oksana were going to come over. Um, so, you know, it was just all this excitement Um And then I actually got over to Beijing and we were um, staying in the Olympic Village and, you know, training. We got there, I think, two weeks before the game started. 
And then a couple of days before the game started, we had a practice match and I would just turn to run and chase a ball and I tore my hamstring. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, this is not good. And they put me straight into the change room and I had to ice my leg. And I just remember sitting in this change room all by myself, just icing my leg, bawling my eyes out, thinking, what on earth has just happened? You know, how can this be? I finally made the team and now this. So I spent the next two days, I had to ice my leg 24 hours a day, had to get up in the night and do it. The girls had to bring me food and try to give me the best chance to get back because it was so close to the game starting, like I just didn't have a chance. So I missed out um, on the Olympics. I actually had to leave the village because you're only allowed 16 athletes in the village. So I had to leave the village. Um, They took me to a hotel. I had none of my family there yet. You know, just, oh, it was so lonely and so devastating. Um, I can actually remember walking around um, China because I could still walk, but um, they were like, why don't you go and see something? So I went and saw the Forbidden City. And I was just walking around thinking, what has happened? Anyways, I was crying my eyes out walking the streets and I saw this taxi. I got in the taxi and he's like, where do you want to go in not very good English? And I was like, I don't know. Like, Anyways, I saw McDonald's, which is hilarious because I've never eaten McDonald's and I don't even like McDonald's. And I was like, I want to go there because it was just something familiar. (laughs) So they took me to McDonald's. I don't even know what I had. But anyways, I guess it was a sense of familiarity. Um, and then my mum eventually arrived and I stayed in China um, for a week and watched the girls play and I stayed with her. But watching them play was so hard, um, just so wanting to be on that field. Anyways, I ended up deciding to leave because it was too hard and I came back to Australia and spent some time with my dad and his wife and I watched um, I watched the game. They had to beat China to make it to the semifinals and I watched that game and it was nil all. It was really close and I was so torn because half of me obviously wanted them to win because they're all my friends and but the other half of me was like, I don't want them to win because if they get a gold medal, then I don't get it and oh, just all these emotions. Anyways, the most amazing thing was while I was over there um, sitting on my bed because I wasn't allowed to move around, I just got so many messages, phone calls, emails, all these things of just people in my life that were like, you're amazing, we love you anyways, Um, you know, just people I hadn't heard from in years and it just really opened my eyes to the fact that there was more to life than hockey because when you're involved in it, it's obviously the centre of your, like, importance and it just really opened my eyes up to the fact that, you know, I was more than a hockey player. I'm actually a person, I'm I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think that was the biggest blessing in that whole situation that I got a new perspective on life that you know whatever I'm doing wasn't the most important thing it's just about who I am as a person and um and how I can you know be a good friend or be a good daughter or be a good mom whatever it is so yeah that was the lesson I took away from that um very difficult situation uh I actually feel every ounce of agony there is nothing like a well-trained athlete taken out by an inconvenient injury that just stops your dreams or for some people can stop their career forever so it didn't stop your career what happened next yeah so um me and my friend actually I'd lived with her and she was on the team so we had already booked a big holiday um to go to Africa because we thought oh if we don't make the team let's have something to look forward to so I took three months off and we just traveled um all through Africa and had some amazing experiences. And by the time I came back, my leg was all healed and I um, got back into the team and I became quite a, um, you know, I cemented myself in the team and I went on to play at the World Cup and also at the um, Commonwealth Games in Delhi where we won a gold medal, which was a wonderful experience. 
<laughs> Talk to me about what that felt like, winning that gold medal. Well, it's quite amazing in India because hockey's such a big sport there. After cricket, it's the next biggest sport. So, you know, the the crowds all love um, love hockey and we were playing New Zealand in the final um, and I'd actually just started dating my husband now um, and he's a Kiwi. So he's sending me messages saying, I'm not sure who I'm going to support, New Zealand or Australia. <laughs> but, um, yeah, playing in that in that um, final, it was actually a draw at the end of um, normal time. So it went into extra time and then into a shootout. So I guess the suspense and the, the excitement drew out even more and we ended up winning in a um, penalty shootout and just, yeah, to be with all the girls and, to have that sense of belonging and community um, and celebrating such a big victory together was a wonderful experience. Oh, I can only imagine. I remember at high school, our one of our PE teachers was in the New Zealand hockey team and he went to the 76 Olympics. And I think New Zealand, we just did so well in those Olympics with hockey. It really put hockey on the map. And I think it's such a fast, um, talented, incredible game. But I can only just imagine your joy having been at the bottom of the bottom, missing out on the Olympics, um, even though you got there, gosh, so close, so taken away from you. I can't even imagine. But then to feel this is just, I, I just can't imagine. Was that the top, the pinnacle of your career? And what did you do after that? Yeah, it was. It was an amazing, um, amazing experience. After that, I actually went on to play in Amsterdam um, professionally for two years. So um, it was great to go over there. Um, My husband, Adam, and I went over there and lived over there for two years and just, yeah, had a great experience um, living in a a foreign city and getting paid to do what I love to do. And um, during that time, I also took up um, Ironman triathlon. So Adam, my husband, had done some Ironman triathlon. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give this a go. Um, I love running. I'm a long distance runner. So yeah, it was, it was good. Cause once I finished hockey, I really needed something else to throw myself into. I'm, I'm quite a goal driven person or I'd love to have something to work towards. So yeah, Ironman triathlon was the next thing. And that was a, a whole new experience training on my own, um, as opposed to in a team and, you know, doing everything on your own really. Um, but I love the challenge of, of Ironman triathlon. And then after that, I also got into ultra running. So I did a couple of 100-kilometre races and then um, probably one of my proudest things um, I've ever done, even compared to the Olympics, is actually doing a 100-mile run. Um, it is such a challenge mentally, like physically obviously, but mentally more than anything, um, to run 100 miles. And, yeah, I remember probably, I don't know, maybe 5Ks to go. Um, my husband was running with me and um, I was like, there's a light behind us, there's a girl, because I was in the lead for the girls. And, um, and he's like, no, it's not. They're way behind. Anyways, I just picked up the pace and started running, not sprinting, obviously, at the 100-mile mark, which is 160 kilometres. But I remember running really fast. My husband's like, whoa, where's this come from? I'm super competitive, I guess. But um, I just ran the last 5Ks faster than I'd probably run most of the race because I thought there was someone behind me. Anyways, I crossed the line and was the first girl to finish. I think I was the third overall. And, um, and my husband was laughing and it just showed me that there is always something more inside of you than you can give. Cause I thought I was done like at the, you know, 10 kilometers to go, I was like walk running. And then as soon as I thought there was someone there, I just, you know, kicked it up a speed and, and it's true for life. I think when you're down and when things are hard, there's always something more in you that you can give or that you can pull from or yeah. So that race definitely taught me that. Oh, I love it. I felt the same. The last Last hour of the race, I ran quicker than the first. And and for those that don't know, I have also done ultras and 
and did run 100 miles. And, yeah, I, I only when you've done these kind of things can you really truly understand what it means to push yourself physically because I've always thought, and I don't know if you're the same, pushing yourself physically, it's, it's a real physical challenge. You mentioned something in there which I'd love to dig into a little bit more, but we all know that when we push ourselves physically and beyond what we think we are capable of, something changes internally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually even. What was your experience of that? Yeah, I think it just, I think everything strips away when you're in a physical challenge like that. Um, And you are, I guess you just do go within and you see what you're made of. You see what's inside of you and, and how much of a desire you have for something. And that's definitely what I've experienced in my, in my endurance races or even just childbirth. You know, there's definitely something within you that can, can be drawn out of you when you do exert yourself physically. And I think that's why I love it. I love the challenge of doing those kind of races. Um, it just almost forces it to come out of you. I think in life we're often busy or we're often, you know, distracted by so many things. But when you do something like this, it just comes out of you because you have nothing left to draw on. There's no distraction. There's no hurrying. It just has to come out of you so that you achieve your goal of whatever you've set to do. Um, so, yeah. And what about, I mean, yes, there's a lot of women out there that would also compare that to childbirth, which I completely understand and appreciate because it's really pushing your body to the physical limits. But what about the people that maybe not aren't, uh, you know, they're not parents or they have no intention of running an ultra, let alone a, a marathon in itself? How else do you think people could find that that line, that, that place where they can step over into the abyss, into the unknown, where they, they do get to push themselves? definitely doesn't have to be physical you know it could be like committing to sitting in silence for 20 minutes or it could be committing to anything I think it's the commitment and and the decision to do it that that brings it out of you if you're serious about achieving it so you know if someone wanted to sit in meditation for 20 minutes that's probably harder for me than it is for going for a 100 kilometer run you know I I don't love to sit still um, but that brings it out of me when I do that because I have to just you know slow down and allow that to come out of the inside of my soul or whatever it is um, but yeah, I think it can be experienced in many different situations. It's really just about having that goal or that desire, whatever it is, and then and then seeing it come to fruition in, in whatever it is you have to do to make it come to fruition. You did right. I mean, for some people, it's getting a degree. For some people, it's it's you know touring uh, back, backpacking through Africa. For some people, it could be climbing a mountain, or for others, it could be you know, crocheting a really big quilt as a family heirloom. I don't know, but there is lots of different ways. I guess my point too with this, and I'm sure you'd agree, is that whenever we put ourselves, when we put a goal or we have a target or something to aim for, seems to give yourself a purpose, gives yourself something to work towards. Um, Do you think that therefore goal setting or having a vision or a purpose or something is really important, critical to life? Yeah, I do. I think it gives you direction. I think without it, especially in this, you know, modern era, we are just, there's so many distractions. You pick up your phone to do one thing and the next minute you're scrolling through Facebook for 20 minutes and you haven't even done the thing you went to do. So I think distractions are a huge part of our society at the moment. Um, So if you don't have that, you know, that purpose, that goal, that vision, whatever it is, then I think it's easier to just get distracted and float through life and go this way and then go that way and find that you're not doing the things you want to do or you're not achieving, you know, the things you want to achieve. 
I hear so many people say, I'm living this life, but I don't want to live it. Like it's not what I had planned for. So how did you get there and how do you get out of it? You know, you need to have a vision or you need to have something clear in your mind that you want to achieve so that you can get yourself out of it. I love that. And I think that is such a strong, I love talking to athletes because so many athletes have such a strong vision around that. We also know that um, through life and getting a goal and we achieve a goal and finish it um, or accomplish it, or maybe it's a different goal by the time the outcome occurs, then there's the opportunity for a new platform. And I don't know if you're the same, but something I found myself a little bit guilty of is not celebrating each of those wins or those victories or those goal endpoints. Because for me, as I get closer to the end point of a goal, I've already set a new one or there's another one that's in my mind. Is that something you've been guilty of? And if you have, what do you do about it? Yes, definitely. Um, I think my family are actually just not big celebrators in general. Um, Like, Obviously, they were excited when I made the Olympic team and things like that. But I can remember making, you know, maybe Australian junior teams and everyone just being like, oh, that's cool. And I'm thinking, hey, guys, we should really celebrate this. So I think for my family growing up, it wasn't, I guess, a big thing to celebrate things. Um, maybe just not out, not out of wanting to be too modest or things like that. But um, definitely something I do um, in lockdown, actually. We stayed at my sister's house in lockdown because we couldn't travel around the country. Um, and I was like getting bored and thinking, what am I going to do? I hadn't actually done any ultramarathon since having the kids. So I thought, I'm just going to do a marathon. Like I'm just going to train up and do a marathon. So I'd just go out each morning. It was freezing cold where we were staying. It was like nearly ice on the um, grass and things. Anyway, so I went out and I did this and I ended up doing the marathon. It hurt a bit because I wasn't definitely conditioned. I think I only gave myself about a month to train. But um, I did the marathon. Then I was like, right, what's next? What should I do next? which is that thing you were talking about, not celebrating the little victories and um, and really making a deal of when you have achieved something. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. I, I think I was just saying that counsel for myself as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweetheart, this podcast is all around self-love. You know that the work that I do and what you've been drawn to is my passion around not only essential oils, chemical-free living, the power of the woman in the home, the feminine energy that we carry, the desire and the need for us to be nourishers and nurturers and all of those beautiful things. What, what would be your definition of self-love? Um, I, think, I think self-love for me is about making myself a priority. I think as a mum and just women in general, it's so easy for us just to give to others and to always put others first. Um, but self-love for me is about making myself a priority, making sure, you know, I'm full, that I've given myself time in the day. I actually did your um, HLE course when I was pregnant with my first um, child and it was the best time to do the course. Like it was, I actually had him during the course um, and I brought him to graduation at six weeks old. But um, yeah, I think the lessons that I learned there really put me in good standing to raise a child because as a new mum, you know, it can be tiring and you can just be all about the baby, all about the baby. But for me, I was like, okay, what what can I do to fill my cup today? Obviously, I'm tired, haven't had much sleep, but what can I do? And I think the beauty of what I've learned from you is that it doesn't have to be big things. It can be simple as a spritz. It can be as simple as, you know, running a bath. It can be as simple as in the bus, what I do most days, I have your um, affirmation cards And for me, self-love in the bus is all about pulling one of those cards. Sometimes the kids want to get involved as well and they pull some as well, but just pulling that card, reading it in the morning, hopefully, maybe later in the day if I've forgotten, and just putting it up. I have a little spot where I put it. And that for me is the simple task of self-love for the day. Sometimes that might be all it is, 
Sometimes it's going for a run. But what I really learned from you was that it doesn't have to be, you know, this big thing where I go and have a big massive massage for three hours or something like that. It can be just a really simple in the bus also. Another thing that I like to do is just do a body boost. So just I get some oils and I put them in and I just give myself a massage, you know, just put some oils on my body. And that is a simple act of self-love for me that um that does just lift my spirits and does just give me that little moment of prioritizing myself. Mm. It's also that intention, isn't it? When you're actually doing it with intent. So for some people listening, it could be that every morning you do put moisturizer on or every morning a man may shave his face and you go through the motions. But when you have an intention behind it that you're actually giving yourself an act of love, an act of service, when you're doing something that as you honor yourself while you're massaging your body or putting on a diffuser or reading a card, that the intent behind it is to be really present as you do it. Is that something that you're teaching your children? Oh, I 100% agree with the intention. Um, yeah, it is. I think, yeah, I just, I want them to be, you know, aware of, of what's going on in their life and what's going on with their bodies. I remember staying with a friend, Liz, actually, you know, Liz, and um, yes. she said, she said, um, she, you know, her daughter's, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12, and she um, said she had a sore back or something, and Liz was like, go and have a massage. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I wouldn't think to give a young girl a massage. And she's like, I want her to know that it's okay for her to prioritise herself and to look after her body. And I was like blown away. What a great message that is to teach our kids. And I'm I'm so wanting to do that. Just teach them that it's okay to look after themselves. It's okay to make sure that they're okay. Um, yeah, just that was a beautiful lesson I learned from her. Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous. And I think that's something that's been so beautiful about the group of women that we've attracted into the different programs and circles and things that we do. The HLE, the Health and Lifestyle Educator Program, was a six-month program that I used to run. I'm thinking about bringing it back in a different realm and in a different way. But at the moment, we now have the Self-Love and Wellness Mentorship Program. Now, you've been following me for a while and you've been a part of my journey and and together we've, I have to say, having the Lincoln at the, at the uh, graduation with this little baby. He was the first baby that we've ever had at one and it was just such a treat to see a woman uh, not only teach and learn for herself but also involve her, that, that part of our life together. But the Self-Love and Wellness Mastery Group, I mean, they're an incredible group, aren't they? There's there's something in there about women connecting and it's it's not that men aren't included or wanted. That's not the point. But what we do know is that women make a lot of, you know, up to 80% of all decisions in the household comes from women. And and many men would say a happy life is a happy wife or partner. Mm -hmm. But But what do you think is so special about being parts of groups or continuously learning or giving yourself that time to invest into you? Why, why is that important, do you think? I think the group for me has been so amazing. It um it started just before COVID hit and um obviously living in a bus, I don't have the connection every day um, that you would have in a community with people and that's definitely something I miss. I'm quite a, a social person. I love, you know, to connect with people and we do meet people on the road and we meet gorgeous families and things but having that daily connection or just regularly checking in with people, that's what I've really loved about the group is especially in these um, times where we're not getting out as we used to and things like that, I think the group has really just made us feel a part of something. It has allowed us to, you know, share what's going on. It has allowed us to um, grow and learn. I love the teachings every week um, that we get. And I think, yeah, there's, there's a power in women coming together and, and gifts that other people have or thoughts that other people have that I don't have. I just, it just opens my eyes and I guess expands my 
my world and my, um, I guess, vision of how life can be um, just from learning from other people. So I think that's been the beauty of the group for me is just connection and the constant growth and learning. Yeah. And I think as women, sometimes we put ourselves at the bottom of the list and we think that our lives are our devotion to our family, our children and things like that. Yet what we often forget or don't realise is that the more expansive, creative, open and developing that we are, the more we're actually gifting that to our family, the more we can help our partner if they're going through a rough day or other family members or friends if you're on your own, the more we're actually open to having relationships, we work on ourselves, the more you attract the right people into your world. What would you say about that then? The more you've learned about you, the more you've opened, developed, grown, the more expansive you're becoming. I, I imagine you're the same as me. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Mm-hmm. But how are you attracting people into your world uh, when you are on the road so much? And is that a really important part of you, not just the online community, but what happens when you are on the road around community? Yeah, it's something I actually put intention around as well at, at different times of the journey. So I'll find that we'll maybe travel with families or meet families, you know, for a period. And then I'll be like, oh, haven't met any cool families for a while so I'll I'll put intention behind that and I'll be like right I think it's time let's meet some cool families and I'll just put it out there to the universe and I find that we do we run into these beautiful families you know people living a similar lifestyle or maybe completely different to us but still on the road and I'm just like oh it's so great when you can connect with people and it's great for the kids to um to have you know other kids to play with and things like that but, yeah, I, I just find that when I put intention behind it, I just see it come to fruition um, around, yeah, around families, but all, all sorts of things. Um, it comes back to that intention word for me. It's a big word. It's actually my word for 2021. Oh, I choose a word every year, as you know. And Have you chosen yours for this year? Yeah, mine is to be present. Present, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Um, I had over each year, for those of you that are interested, and I could even put this in the show notes, but I have a reflections chart. And every year I sit down and I think about, I reflect on the year that's been, ask myself a number of questions like, what did I do that I did really well? What did I not do that I wished I had done? What could I have done better? What, you know, there's just these beautiful questions. And then at the end of it, if I could sum up how I'd like to be in the next year, what's my word? And one year I had gentle because I'd been so hard and full on myself the year before. Another year it was energy and flow. I just wanted to give everything energy and I only wanted to put energy into things that flowed, not things that were uh, hard. So your word for this year being present, how do you use that then? Like it's all very well and good us to say my words intention, your words present, but what do you mean as in using it for this year? Yeah, so it's interesting because obviously being on the road and, and being with the kids full time, everyone would think that you, your attention's all with them. But I actually found that sometimes I was distracted or I was, you know, worried about where we might sleep some tonight or the next night or, or what we're doing in a week's time or a month's time. And I just got to the point where I was felt like I was living too much in the future, like, and not enjoying the moment, not, you know, not enjoying this amazing life that we're creating with our family. So for this year, for me, my focus is all about just worry about this moment, this day, this hour. And just, you know, be present for the kids. If I'm on a phone conversation, don't do anything else. I'm an awesome multitasker, you know. You do a thousand things at once, but you're not really present to anything. So, yeah, my goal this year is to just really be in the moment and give my energy, give my love, give my attention to whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment. And knowing that 
the rest will work out. Like obviously I'll plan where we're going to sleep and things like that, but not to let it be my full focus. Um, and just, yeah, especially with the kids, just to, to be there for them and to give them the attention that they deserve. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what my goal around being present is. And I guess I just have it up in the bus. I have the word up in the bus and I also write it in my journal so that I'm constantly seeing it because, you know, in two months' time it would be easy to forget what my focus was for the year. So I just I just kind of put it around me so that it's, you know, up in my face. I have a little screensaver on my phone so it comes up when I turn my phone on um, just to remind me. Yeah, I, I'm same, and I love it. I one year I haven't done it this year, but la- might have been the year before last. I actually had the word written in lipstick across my mirror. You know, I just did little things like that. But I think it's cool. And yesterday, my beautiful daughter read me her reflections chart and went through all her different things. And her word for this year is manifest. And I said, and how do you intend to use that? And she said, well, every time I do something, if it comes to fruition, I'm going to manifest that my connection to that is really present or I'm going to manifest what it is that I really want. I want to manifest more money this year. I want to manifest my apartment. And and I just, just hearing her talk like that, I mean, she's 22 now, mm. but if there was a message for your beautiful daughter, Sage, or for Lincoln, for Adam, or for anyone listening to this, what would you think you'd want your legacy to be? What would be Fiona's message to the world? Hmm. I think for me, um, it's okay to be different. I think, you know, we're living a life that's very different. Um, and I just, I would love my kids to ha- give themselves permission to be different from the world. Um, I don't want to raise sheep. I don't want to raise, you know, kids that just do what everyone else does, whether if they want to do what everyone else is doing, that's fine. But I just, my message would be that it's okay to be different. It's okay to listen to your, you know, your inner guide and just to do what it is that's, that's guiding you. Mm, that's so beautiful. You know, whether you're on social media, whether it's Twitter, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all these beautiful new platforms of Telegram, MeWe, et cetera. When I look at your Facebook posts and when I see your social media, um, you know, creating birthdays and the experience of that, that gorgeous cake, the recent one that you had of beautiful Lincoln's cake, how do you then celebrate things for your family you know obviously Christmas has just been and gone you know is it it's not just about the gifts is it it's it's the experience I just would love to hear your insights around celebration of different occasions yeah I think for me like birthdays and all things like that they are about making the person feel special so when it's my birthday I want to be made to feel special when it's my kid's birthday I want them to feel special so it doesn't have to be, you know, the greatest and latest present. So at Christmas time, we had my family here and they bought like quite a few presents for my kids, which is beautiful. We don't really buy them a lot of presents, to be honest, because we can't fit them in the bus. When my sister, my sister loves to give presents, which is gorgeous. But I was like, where on earth are we going to put all these presents? So um, Boxing Day, I literally did a massive clean out of the bus, got rid of heaps of old books and toys of the kids. And I've taken them all to the op shop so that we can fit their new things in. But, um, yeah, it's all about making them feel special. So what is it that's going to make, you know, my little boy feel special? He he was um, loving Paw Patrol. He's probably watched about three episodes. But, anyways, he's got the most beautiful imagination and we always play Paw Patrol adventures. We don't have, even have any toys. We just do it with these cards that he's got. And, um, anyway, so we made him a big, beautiful Paw Patrol um, fruit cake because we'd made one for Sage the year before out of watermelon and that was all he wanted. He kept talking about wanting a fruit cake. Um, so we made that and and we just did a few like little games with him. But it's just all about making someone feel special, I think. 
on their occasion, however that plays out for them. I just think it's gorgeous. That cake was phenomenal. And I hope <laughs> if you don't mind sending it to me, I'll put it in the show notes so that people can actually see Link's amazing little cake that was made from watermelon. I, yeah, I, I have just, to give I have to give credit to my sister. She actually made the cake. That was that was her job on the day because we were in the bus. I was like, oh gosh, I can't be doing this in the bus. So she oh, made the cake. Credit to her. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But I just love the simplicity, yet the eloquence, the intention, the amazing. Yeah, well, actually, thought. that's that's what I was going to say so on Christmas day they got all these presents anyways the only thing that my little girl wanted to play with was um, a pair of dress up high heel shoes that came from my niece's dress up box so they weren't even new um, and a little like um, fairy wand like it was that simple you know they got all these presents but that was all she wanted to play with <laughs> oh, you know it's incredible isn't it sometimes we can overwhelm them with these gifts um and yet it's the little things I remember one year when the kids were really little the most the, the most joy they got was ripping up all the paper and getting in and out of the big box that one of these these toys had come in and I was just like are you kidding me are you kidding me you're getting more joy out of the box than you are the gift that's so true such a good reminder right yeah. um sweetheart if there was anyone living or dead or anyone in the world that's inspired you or anyone that you have learned something really profound from or would love to have a meal with is there any one person or two people that that you just you really look up to or that you really admire and you just love love for what you've learned um probably the two people that I feel I've learned the most from are actually you Kimmy um so definitely having a meal with you um I just yeah I just I I think my life is so much different from what it could have been from the lessons I've learned from you and from the lessons I continue to learn from you um and just the simplicity in which I can apply them to my life I think you know sometimes I read things or do courses and it just is overwhelming that I can't seem to implement it in my life but for me the lessons I learn from you I see myself doing them day to day and that's just a a beautiful thing so definitely you um and actually also my old boss she is amazing she just has I don't know she's just a, a powerful woman with a beautiful beautiful generous heart um so the lessons I've learned from her as well on how to be gen- generous how to be grateful when things are given to you I guess how to show power um in yourself and and not to just accept things the way they are that's definitely something I learned from her I definitely don't like confrontation so I think learning from her you know showed me that I can I can stand up for what I believe in or for what I feel is right um so probably just sitting down with you two um would be amazing okay thank you for keeping on talking because you allowed me to just I was so shocked hearing that I just had to wipe my little eyes you're amazing that was just I didn't expect that it's so funny when if, if I ask anyone that question you know I often hear someone's famous name which I'm totally prepared for and really curious as to see how we all see the world but you really touched my heart and it I, I tell you hearing things like that and, and I'd love my listeners to understand this is that when someone pays you a compliment or when there is something like that it really does in the same way that I could say this about you Fee is it gets us all up every day it makes us realize our purpose the change the difference we make the the amazing legacy that we get to leave the the footprint that we leave on this planet the essence that we get to touch other human beings with just with that generosity that power that strength and you know what all the things that I teach have only come from all the people that I have looked up to and admired or have found really interesting and why I do what I do and teach the programs that I have 
attracts women like yourself and the other amazing, incredible women over the last, you know, 30 years of my career that I've had the proud privilege of getting to know. I don't know everything. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. Sometimes I stuff up and sometimes it's not the right thing. But what I learn and what I've taken from even conversations like this is that you don't know the impact that you're having. You don't know the difference you're making. Even you meeting the families out there with the lessons and tools and the amazing athletic background and all the highs and lows and everything, every single person we come into contact with, we have the profound ability to make a difference. And that is something that I find so extraordinary about yourself. You are someone who I think really uh, absorbs but contributes when asked. You don't seem to step over boundaries or you don't seem to you're not too phased also about what's going on. You're just really big on standing up for you, your family, your children, and being the best version of yourself possible. If there was, and I want to thank you for that, Fiona, if there was one final message for everyone listening to this or one thing that you'd really love for everyone to take away um, from everything that we've spoken about today, what would that be? I think... I think be brave. I think be brave and be you. (laughs) You know, when you really, really break that down, be brave, be courageous enough to do the things that maybe scare you, be brave enough to take the risk even if you fail, be brave enough to jump in 100% even if it's not where you thought you might end up. Be brave on all levels is probably one of the most profound things that I could certainly take back from you with this. And to be yourself, oh, you know, no one does it better, right? Yeah. Yeah, but so it's hard to be yourself. I think we're, we're always comparing ourselves. We're always, yeah, just looking at the next person. But you are a beautiful person. Whoever you are, you are a beautiful person. And the world needs more of you. They don't need more of me. They don't need more of Kimmy. They need more of you. Yeah. And I think especially in this year, this past year, what's it been like being on the road uh, experiencing this whole COVID year? What's that been like? I just wanted to get an insight on that. Yeah, to be honest, we've been a bit oblivious to it. Um, we listen to no news. We are, yeah, we have no idea what's going on in the world. When we when it all broke out, we were actually in Victoria and we were staying at a campground that had no um, reception or, or minimal reception, I should say. Anyways, this lady came over to us. She's like, oh, have you heard what's going on? And we're like, what are you talking about? Like we knew something was going on, but nothing, you know, serious. And she's like, oh, I think you better like listen to the news and make some phone calls. Anyways, we went and got some reception and my sister had called me and she'd said, hey, guys, I think you like might need to decide what you're going to do. Anyway, so we ended up leaving Victoria quite quickly and driving into New South Wales to go and stay with my sister. You know, we thought we might be there for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Anyways, we were there for three months. (laughs) Um, But we just made the most of it. It was beautiful time with my family. Um, The kids got to play with their cousins, which was so beautiful. We we ended up just making it a great experience. Um, But after that, we actually just um, drove into Queensland as soon as we were allowed to. And um, to be honest, we've just kind of been living our life as normal because we don't we don't go to a lot of places where there's lots of people. Um, and we were fortunate to be in Queensland where it hasn't been so bad. But um, yeah, we've just kind of we've just kind of lived our life as we as we were before in the bus, which is a I'm super grateful for. I don't underestimate anything. I don't pretend to know anything about COVID, and I certainly don't want to create you know um, argument or anything around it. 
But sometimes I question if we didn't have social media and televisions blaring it every day, would we even be aware of all of this? And it's it just fascinates me sometimes dropping off the grid is actually sometimes the most liberating thing for my heart. And I can take that from what you shared today. Do you think finally um, moving into 2021, what would be your advice for all people moving into this new year? I think I think the less you can, obviously you can be aware of it and you can be educated, but the less you can buy into the hype of it and the fear of it, I think then that's the key. I think, you know, when it's surrounding you all the time, I think you are going to get worked up and you, you are going to, you know, feel different. If you can be aware of it and obviously tread the lines where you need to, but, you know, just keep living the life you want to live. And, um, and just, yeah, I think just protecting your, I guess your ears and your eyes and your heart from everything that gets portrayed to us through the media, that, that is key. Like I don't listen to anything cause I choose not to, but I was getting these things pop up on my phone, like a Google thing. And I was like, I don't even want to see these. How are these coming up here? So I just turned them off. I was like, I don't want to know. Like I'm not, not that I'm living in the dark and oblivious. Obviously I have some understanding, but it doesn't affect me and it's not affecting the way I'm living my life at the moment. So why would I keep letting that energy, that negative energy come in when I can control what comes in. Love that. I love it. I love the fact that you're talking about being aware but not being consumed by it. Yes, that's the word, yeah. Yeah. Fee, I know I'm not sure actually if you are up for what, how could people follow you or if they wanted to connect with you. Obviously I'll put notes you know, into the show notes, but is there any way anyone can follow your journey? Do you actually have a page or something that people can follow what you guys are doing? Yeah, we have a little, we have a vlog. So we're on YouTube. Um, we vlog every few weeks, um, just what we've been up to and just share our, I guess, our lifestyle and our experiences on the road. So um, I have to check with you. I'll give you our definite channel, but I think it's Natural Adventure um, mm-hmm. on YouTube. And then I post more regularly on Instagram on Natural Family Adventure. Yeah, I love that page. Natural Family Adventure. I'm just writing it down to make sure I get it all right in the notes, but that's where I get such a kick out of watching those posts come up. Well, you beautiful soul, is there, you know, just to finish, definitely finish now, I (laughs) I could talk to you for ages, but is there a favorite quote of yours or anything that gets you fired up? Or is there a quote that you'd share with our audience, maybe off the top of your head or something that you've always turned to every now and again and and just, just would love to share with us? Yeah, definitely. This is something I've lived by for quite a while. Um, So the quote is, if you want something you've never had before, you must be willing to do something you've never done. Mm -hmm. And do you know whose that is or is it yours? No, it's not mine. I think it's Thomas Jefferson. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I love it. Say it one more time. Um, If you want something you've never had before, you must be willing to do something you've never done. And that, my dear Fiona, is something that you are living your absolute word and life by. I honor you. I salute you. I congratulate you and Adam. I think you guys are phenomenal. And I really just want to say from my heart, absolutely, I had no idea the impact that you felt I personally am having in your life, but also the other wellness experts that we all get to be such a beautiful part of their journey and the impacts they all have. I just want to thank you for being the soul that you are and for being such an inspiration in our groups and also in our education programs and everything that you've done around me. It warms my heart and I can honestly say back to you right here, right now, it is the reason why I do what I do. So Fiona Crawley, to you, to Adam, to Lincoln and beautiful Sage, thank you.
Oh, thank you, beautiful Kimmy. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.